Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Amen. Give them a hand. That's wonderful. Wonderful. His goodness is running after me. Think of that. Victoria prayed, pursue me, Lord. David prayed, seek thy servant. Aren't you glad that the goodness of God is pursuing you today? It's tracking you down. God says, I'm trying to bless you. Would you just stop and look to me by faith and humble yourself anew and receive my goodness, my blessing in your life. God has blessed us so, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thinking of a dear pastor friend this morning, Pastor Lee Swore. Rebecca and I were with them back in September of 2019. We had the opportunity to minister there, but also hear the testimony of what God had allowed in their church. I want you to see a uh, rendering of that here, you can see this 100-year flood that came through in 2016, June that year, and uh, had wiped out a new elementary and school building that they had just about finished. It put them in a place to where to do it right, they had to do some structural replacement and engineering that they didn't anticipate, and it ended up costing them more than a million dollars to finish this project right, uh, a million beyond what they were provided and uh, what God had already sent in. And they had to borrow that money. And so it was a huge commitment, a huge step of faith. And Brother Swore testified to me that it was one of the heaviest decisions he had ever had to make. 44 years of pastoring. What a commitment. Not everyone agreed. Not everyone supported the decision. But his children came to him and said, Dad, we've heard you tell about the God of miracles, the God who's answered your prayers and the prayers of others who've gone before us. We'd like to see God answer our prayers and perform miracles in our day. So if God is leading, we want you to know that we're believing God with you and we're trusting God to show himself strong and to bless this act of faith. A newspaper article stated that an alumnus of the Elk Valley Christian School, Sam Hensley, reached out to him shortly after I had left in 2019, and he was talking about the heaviness of that, what it had cost him personally and the church. Right in the midst of all that, he gets a phone call one day riding down the road, and it's this one Sam Hensley. And this is a young man that when he was in their school, found out he had cancer, was told he had six months to live. They called a 24-hour prayer vigil, and God not only spared his life, but he was told he would never have children 
but him and his wife had two sons. And now all these years had passed. And uh, he told Brother Swore what God had put in his heart to do because the church had stood by him in his time of trial. He said, I know that y'all have gone through a trial of your own. It was not just the flood and the repairs, but it was also the debt that they had to accumulate during those years of recovery. And he said, in honor of those many members of Mount Pleasant that helped me with my trial and in honor of my father and mother who never quit praying for me, God has laid it on my heart to give back to the church. And he read a letter that he had sent to the pastor to present to the church. And he said in that letter, I have wired $1,200,000 to Mount Pleasant's account so you can pay the church debt in full and then some. God showed himself strong. God put that flood, no doubt, in motion because he already had the answer, the provision of what he was going to do in response to the faith and obedience of that church family. They were not only going to do it for the glory of God, but they were going to do it for the generation to come. His children said, Dad, we want to see God we want to see God answer our prayer. And God did just that. God wants us to teach this next generation about who he is and what he does. What great wonders and workings that come from his hand. We'll find our text in Psalm 78. So would you turn there? We'll read a couple of verses in a moment. But one writer summarized this psalm in these words. Psalm 78 is a long history lesson of Israel and the workings of God in their midst for the sake of the generations to follow. The Jews were commanded to teach their children the works and the ways of the Lord so that each generation would know the Lord and trust Him. Pass down to the next generation the goodness of God his mercies, his wondrous works that he's done. If God did this for mom and dad, God can do this for me and my family. God can do this in us, in our lives, in our day. If God did it in their day, think about that. God can do it right here and right now. Let's stand as we look here in uh, Psalm 78. And I want you to read a couple verses with me here this morning. Psalm 78. And verses 6 and 7, let's read them aloud. Psalm 78, verse 6 and 7. That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Thank you. you may be seated. God wants us to teach the next generation he said, listen to me, in verse 1, give ear. O my people to my law, incline your ears. That means perk up, sit up and listen, pay attention to the words of my mouth. 
I will open my mouth in a parable and I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. He said, now pay attention. Don't miss this. Got it. We will not hide them from their children, showing the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. There it is. Make them known to their children. The testimonies of God. The written record of God's wondrous workings among them. God wants us to teach the next generation about who He is and the truth of His Word and what He's done. Number one, because they must be taught the truth about God through His Word. They need to know who God is. He's not just any God. He's not just a God among gods. He is the true and living God of heaven. His word is this revelation of himself to us. It is a testimony of who he is and what he's done. We learn grace and truth through this fixed point of reference, of wisdom, of counsel, of truth. This is thus saith the Lord. And I want you to hold your place here, but turn with me over to the book of Proverbs. I want you to see a parallel passage. Proverbs chapter 4. Just find your place there. Proverbs chapter 4. And let's look at a couple verses here. Proverbs chapter 4. I think it's interesting. The Bible says in chapter 4 and verse 1, Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. Listen. Pay attention. Perk up. Prick your ears. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He what? What does it say? He taught me. Dads, what are you teaching your children? He taught me also and said unto me, This is David teaching Solomon, Let thine heart retain my words and keep my commandments. And what? live. I wrote some things down this week that we should teach our children. We should teach our children the truth of God's word and the truth of God's workings in our lives and how does that practically apply. We need to teach them to learn how to wait on God. He will put something in your heart and he'll prepare you for it. Waiting time is not wasted time. It may be something that God wants you to do but now is not the right time. Victoria said to her mother a while back, I will not seek blessings you have not given me, Lord, was one of her prayers. I want what you have for me when you have it for me. I'm not going to ask God for something that he's not ready to give me. God wants us to learn how to wait on him and be content. God wants us to learn how to seek honest counsel to be willing and humble enough to have someone point out our strengths, our weaknesses, our blind spots. There is safety and wisdom in the multitude of counselors. See the value of someone who loves God and you speaking truth into your life. Not everyone has your long-term best interest at heart. Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is what? Safety. 
Teach your children to respect authority. Honor the order God has established. Take to heart your pastor's counsel. If you cannot respect and communicate with a faithful pastor, you must ask yourself what is in your own heart that prompts you to act like that. Never walk away from someone who has poured into your life without talking to him and thanking him. Honorable people honor others. David even honored Saul who had dishonored him. Hebrews 13 and verse 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable unto you. Teach your children to be committed to the church, to understand that God is primarily working through the local church in this age. Our vision must not compete nor take away from God's vision and His plan for the church. If you hurt the church, you hurt the bride of Christ. He will defend and take care of His bride. Hurting the church includes highlighting the real or imagined faults of the church without a plan to properly address them and to use real faults as an excuse to work against the church and influence others to leave it. The Bible says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also what? Loved the church and gave himself for it. Teach your children to be trustworthy, dependable, and to finish what they start. Don't quit or walk away and leave people hanging. Recognize people's good faith towards you and the opportunities they trust you with. Don't underestimate or take those for granted. Like Esau, the opportunity you despise today, you will desire tomorrow. The Bible says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Teach your children to act and not just react. The easier you are to offend, the easier you are to control. Walking in the Spirit means being dead to self and governed or controlled by the Word of God. When you let people push your buttons, you give them control over you. Your own family will ultimately pay the highest price because of how you make them vulnerable. Not all silence is golden and not all, or weakness rather, not all silence is weakness and not all volume is strength. Think about that. Some people think just being loud, 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 that's strength. But Jesus, the Bible says at times, opened not his mouth. Did you get that? You could also say it this way, not all silence is yellow and not all volume is golden. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. God help us. Teach your children to be grateful, to walk humbly, and to be faithful. Look over in John chapter number 15. I want you to see a verse here that we're all reminded of, especially during this weekend. 
Teach your children to be grateful, to walk humbly, and to be faithful. Teach them to cultivate the attitude of gratitude, to think more highly of others than themselves. A defeat that makes you humble is better than a victory that makes you proud. Be there for others in season, out of season, when it's coming together, when it's coming apart. Be willing to suffer so others won't have to. That's true love. That's the Calvary life. John 15 and verse 13 says what? Greater love hath no man than this, that a man do what? Lay down his life for his friends. Teach them that, to live the Calvary life. In honor, preferring others, don't make it all about yourself. Make it about the glory of God and the good of others. Teach these truths to your children and plant these seeds in their heart. So many times they grow up thinking that life is about them and it all revolves around them and that is translated to every other relationship in adulthood, be it in marriage, be it in parenting, uh, be it in a church, be it in a workplace, whatever it may be. If they're not careful, they'll miss the honorable life, the life of faithfulness and fidelity. The life that is true, that is steady, that is dependable, that is trustworthy. They'll be bouncing all around because of offense or, or, or because of, of a minor disagreement. Uh, of things maybe they look at and they don't altogether understand. And rather than seeking understanding, they seek to distance themselves. You better be careful having that kind of spirit in your life. So many people, if... They can't have their way like a child on the playground. What do they do? They take their ball and they go home. That's what children do. That's not what adults do. Isn't that right? Teach your children that. Teach them the truth about who God is and what God does and how He works and the wisdom that He has for their lives. Number two, Back in our text in Psalm 78, teach the next generation because they must be taught to teach their children the truth of God's word. Now think about it. It says right here in the last part of verse 5 that they should make them known to their children. You've got these generations commanded to our fathers. Our fathers taught us and then they taught us to teach our children that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children. One generation passes away, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, and another generation comes in their stead. I mean, we're not getting younger. Time is passing. Life is moving on. I preached yesterday morning in the uh, Spanish-speaking anniversary for the men. Number one, you're alive. Number two, you're going to die. And number three, you better enjoy the journey. That's what you find in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. You're alive. God's giving you a gift, right? Make the most of it, but be mindful that you're going to die. You're not going to be here forever. You better teach some people and put something in motion that God will bless long after you're gone. God wants us to see that. And one thing I, I've repeatedly stated is that the older I get... I value getting older. That means I'm still alive, right? So that's a part of it. But then the other side of it is that priorities narrow. 
things that used to discourage me, even threaten to dislodge me and get me out of God's will for my life, I've learned to give them to God and trust Him with them and keep going in season, out of season. And not make it about me, but to focus in on what is truly important and what is not. I want to live more intentional now than I've ever lived. Don't you? You see what's going on in our world? Well, we've got to teach our children about who God is and how He works and all the wondrous things that He's done. The Bible says in the last part of verse 4, we'll not hide them from our children, but showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, His worth. Think about that. He's the great God of heaven and His strength, His wonderful works that He hath done. That's what God wants us to do is just talk God up to them testify of them about who he is and how good he is and how faithful he's been to us rather than going on and complaining. If you talk God down to your children, your grandchildren may never even hear about him. God wants us to see it's from generation to generation, the baton of truth that God would have us to pass from one to another. And then notice here verse number 7 and 8. God wants us to teach the next generation, number three, because they must have a true hope to hold to in their hearts. Verse seven, that they might what? Set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. I've heard all my life about who God is and how he's worked in my parents' and grandparents' lives. But they won't forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. There are those that go before us. We can't always help how they act or react. But we have to learn from that. I read this story about two identical twins whose father was an alcoholic. One twin grew up to be an alcoholic father. The other grew up to be a present, engaged dad and a millionaire entrepreneur. When asked why he became an alcoholic, the first twin said, because my dad was an alcoholic. When asked why he became such a success, the second twin said, because my dad was an alcoholic. The sins of our fathers will always shape us for better or for worse. We can't control what happened to us in the past, but we can control how we allow it to shape our future. That they might set their hope in God. How many of you, in maybe a, a broad sense, but even a little more particular, would say, I'm a first-generation Christian in my family. First-generation Christian. Look at that. People before me didn't know God, and they didn't teach me about God. I had to learn about God some other way, and I had to learn how to allow God to shape my future, no matter my past. These children that we're raising, our grandchildren, they need to learn how to set their hope in God. 
The hope that this world offers is fading. It doesn't last. Refuges of this life fail. Someone said, teach your children to pray so if their little hearts feel heavy, they can go to God and not the world. Are you teaching your children to pray? Are you teaching them to look to God through His Word? What are you teaching your children about the Lord? The generation that is before us must be taught the truth of God's worth, wonders, and workings through His Word and in our lives as adults. I heard the story of a pastor preaching about 200 young people. He had a $20 bill. He said, I'm going to give this $20 bill to someone before we leave today. How many of you want it? Every hand went up. And some of you would like to have it here, right? He took that $20 bill and he crumbled it all up. I said, all right, how many of you still want it? They're like, he took that $20 bill and then he threw it on the ground and with his shoe, ground it in the ground, picked it up. He said, anybody still want this $20 bill? Every hand went up. And he said, you know what? That's a picture of your life. Circumstances and heartaches may crumble you. Pressures and situations may trounce upon you but that in no way diminishes your value to God and those who love you you are valued you are loved don't look to this world to give you the peace that only God can give you don't look to this world to find someone who will accept you and your struggles and your trials I may not always agree, and I will always love you enough to tell you the truth between right and wrong, but I want you to know that I will always love you no matter what. You have great value and worth to me and to your God. We need to teach this generation that. You agree with me? We need to say, hey, you have a hope. Something to look forward to. God has a purpose and a plan. Someone to live for. God and His purpose that is greater than yourself. Give your heart and life to God and enter into this journey, this adventure even, and lay hold of what God laid hold of your life to accomplish that they might set their hope in God I hope that my children know that at the end of the day I can pray to God in heaven who will hear my prayer no matter my struggle no matter my fault I'm not going to justify it that's not the point but when I've come to the end of myself for even my sin and in my sorrows when I cry out to God he will hear me and he will answer me. Put that in your children. There's a God in heaven who's with you. We were in the British War Museum years ago in London. And walking through there, they had a display about children during World War II. 
And they had books that they actually printed, little booklets for parents to help their children to kind of guide them and shepherd them through the fears of the war and all those bombing raids at night and all the different things with the food rationing, the clothes rationings and different things that they went through. They all had to rally to save their country. And they had a little booklet in there about how to pray with your children every night before they went to sleep. Tuck them in the bed and have prayer with them. They said, children knowing that they are in the hands of a loving God will calm their little hearts at night and help them to rest and sleep. They need that. That's what this generation needs. You see the rage that's out here in our streets, in our schools? You see the rage? It's because deep down they've been taught for so long, you're nothing, you're nobody, there's no God, there's no real purpose that you have being here. Just eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die, just throw it to the wind. It doesn't matter. That creates angst and anger and frustration. I believe we ought to love this generation enough to tell them the truth of God who made them. And the blood of Jesus Christ and his righteousness that can set them free. And I'm glad when I'm awake in the middle of the night or maybe traveling all alone that I know in my heart I'm not all alone. There's a God in heaven who's with me. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's stand with our heads bowed. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.